Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com We just have a good rhythm together, you know. I, he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Hello and welcome to the Worst Idea of All Time, episode 24, season 4, Sex in the City 1. I'm Tim Bat. Yeah, you and are. And that's Guy Montgomery. I'll introduce everyone. I'm Guy, I'm Guy Montgomery and Tim Bat, and I would like to welcome the first New Zealand-bound guest that I've managed to share a viewing in this season with, which has really <laughs> improved the situation. Oh, man. She's a stand-up comedian. She's a television writer. She is a TV personality, I would describe her as, and she is hot off a trip from Australia. She just got back from Sydney to burr, sit burr, down burr. early in the morning and watch this fucking movie with me. It's Melanie Bracewell. Hello. I'm scared attacking me but i was at the airport and um the computer system shut down for my airline like it just they just couldn't check anyone in it was just broken and that's so <laughs> unlikely i i know it was fucked Can um I, and then that, so oh i'm sorry God, we're also we're, going to kill me i opened the door for 30 seconds to make coffee and like, look at this as well i've got a bump already oh my god i'm so sorry about that okay. a million mis- <laughs> <laughs> mistakes mistakes have never been higher you must have had like it's, an hour's sleep last night. Um, yeah, it was so dumb because I met this person there who was also going through the same situation. We were just chatting for ages and I was like, oh, fuck, I've got to get up early tomorrow. And he was like, oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I've got to watch Sex in the City at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> and when I got up this morning, I was so tired. My alarm went off and I got out and it was raining and like my bag was still packed on the ground. And I was like, there's no way this is how anyone is supposed to start their day. Oh, man. What a And now, <laughs> I'm just infested. fucking river. <laughs> but now, also, just like to increase the difficulty setting, I've just introduced a shit ton of mosquitoes to the recording oh, yeah. environment. We are, our blood I, is draining as we speak. I'm a huge fan of that. Can I just say, unlikely as this may sound, I was recently at an airport. I was flying Singapore Airlines uh, somewhere... I can't remember where else. It was somewhere in India, and they were doing a training exercise where the entire check-in process was done like an analog manually. Wow! Um, so, yeah. And they were like they were writing out. Yeah, they they wrote out everyone's boarding pass. Like the whole process was insane. It took like an extra two hours, and I was like, "Why on earth are you doing this?" And they What's said, "Dress." Yeah, they said in case our systems go down. I was like, that is, that is crazy. impossible. There is no planet on which you would ever be totally without. Legitimately, um, 
yeah, that's exactly what happened. We were just waiting in line, and the line wasn't moving. And then, like, someone came around and giving free licorice and said, <laughs> "That's never oh. a good sign." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Um, free chocolate Whereas licorice. When, when you're outside of the airport, someone giving out free chocolate licorice is the sign of a great time. Exactly. Inside of an airport, you know it's trouble. They just said the entire system's for checking in, like no one can check in. It's just broken. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to go and get a new flight. Now, anyway. would you have preferred that they attempted an analog switcheroo where they just started <laughs> well, busting up pen and paper? That's what I thought. I legitimately thought there's got to be an analog backup plan here because they're not onto it like India. They haven't they haven't prepared for this. They don't have the drill down. Yeah, but anyway, it's a shame that our experiences didn't happen consecutively. Exactly. That we sort of live in these parallel <laughs> worlds where. <laughs> We gotta get these two airlines together. <laughs> You've got the solution to the problem, and I've got the problem, but they're happening not simultaneously <laughs> and not in the same space. Fuck. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's nice to speak to you guys. I've been by myself. Um, oh, guy. I know it's it's really it's no matter. But Sunday uh, evening for you. Afternoon, freshly. Mm. Uh, I've got a freshly sprained ankle. So um, this is no. your basketball, isn't it? Yeah, this is me leaping, leaping and failing to land. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, very humiliating. I was in the middle of a pickup game of basketball with some oh, uh, no. other other local guys at the court who I don't actually know. And I did the sort of embarrassing noise yeah. you do when you hurt yourself. Where you go, <laughs> oh! Uh, <laughs> And it, it did nothing for my reputation. Because ankle breaking in basketball is a term you use. Um, yes. You know, I'm going to break your ankles and that sort of stuff. And it's supposed to represent the most humiliating <laughs> yeah. thing that could happen to you well, uh, while you play. It's not supposed <laughs> to literally I, I, go down. I kind of nailed it. I said, I'm going to break my ankle and then jumped up and landed <laughs> awkwardly, uh, which is adjacent to an ankle breaker, if not. You know the dictionary definition, um, but yeah. So I've just had my foot up. Uh, I watched Are Sex you in the pain, City too. Nah, nah, I'm okay. I've had two beers and a bit of weed. I actually feel incredibly relaxed. <laughs> Good. Um, Good. But I, so I watched Sex in the City too, and I was early. And then I I got word from uh, back in New Zealand that you guys were running late. So as soon as Sex in the oh, City no. too. Uh, Wait, finished up. Have I you been fired watching up. Sex in the City two? We just watched oh, the first one. Oh yeah, yeah, no, sorry. I have actually watched <laughs> Sex in the City one. Um, okay, all right. But then yeah, so after the the movie finished, I uh, fired up the kiln and put on the first episode of the TV series, uh, <gasps> Sex in the City, season one, episode one, and. Wow. Uh, I had a hell of a time, honestly. It was a really exciting show. Some characters uh, you can really get behind. Intriguing plot lines. Fast and fresh style. I think this show's going to have a big future. How was the writing? <laughs> like the dialogue and stuff, was it good? Uh, it was pretty good. There were a lot of direct addresses to camera, sort of uh, document, almost documentary oh, style. Yeah. Or like, I forgot uh, about that. Carrie breaks the fourth wall and then other characters are talking to the camera, sort of like in When Harry Met Sally. They're just talking about, frankly, about their experience or thoughts on something. It's a confessional um, style of thing, right? Yeah, but it's a, a lot of fun to be had. Sorts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's really, it's done, I don't think, it, it hasn't done anything. It's improved my general mood. It's done nothing to increase the respect I have for the film. But uh, it's certainly an interesting palate cleanse. And, uh, yeah, uh, would you well- recommend it? As a serving suggestion to pair a future watch of Sex in the City 1 Absolutely. with um, an ep? 
to to you, Tim Bear, I would recommend it heartily. I mean, to anyone who's curious, it, it, it seemed like a pretty good time. Now, I hope I'm not outing you, Mel, but um, you just uh, reminded me that you were born in 1995, which Correct. means that you uh, um, like missed all of the kind of phenomenon of the TV I've show. I've never seen a full episode of the TV show, never seen the movie, <laughs> never seen anything. Uh, who is Sarah well, Jessica Parker? With, this is all news to me. With that outing, Tim, you have left Melanie Bracewell's reputation oh. as a Sex in the City <laughs> number oh. one fan in absolute <laughs> ribbons. Oh my God, my merch site is going to go under this is a disaster so what did you make of this because you're viewing this totally in isolation from every other part of the sex in the city machine it's interesting especially the setup you have here us in these like armchairs where we i feel like we're almost like <laughs> roped into the chair and toothpicks in our eyes staring at an ipad <laughs> but <laughs> um, it's yeah it's you did interpret this experience. with a very clockwork orange it's, feel to yeah, it yeah it definitely is weird watching a movie for the first time and like just seeing a world for the first time that's very clearly set in like 2008 or whenever Mm. it came out Um, yeah so it was weird it was strange I guess but I didn't like I didn't hate it I didn't I wasn't having a horrible time the whole time I think it was like enjoyably bad in parts yeah and it's you can watch this movie once that's the thing yeah exactly I've got the easiest job I just had to sit here and watch a movie I've never seen before yeah so can I can I ask Mel beyond the peripheral awareness that the show existed you you didn't really know any of these characters you didn't know the universe you were my only reference to the universe was um about uh, maybe a week ago, episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, um, they did a, a little challenge. He's trying to, he's trying to attack another mosquito. Um, <laughs> I am listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> called um, Sex and the Kitty Girl, uh, where they played sort of caricatures of the characters. And that's where yeah. I got the the closest representation to, I think, like, you know, one likes sex and one yeah. is nice but and one I, is something else. <laughs> I feel like, cur- curiously, that kind of makes you the ultimate... Uh, target audience or like it, it creates the ultimate watching mentality for seeing Sex and the City the movie for the first time because you don't know the show well enough to be spurned by the fact that it's not doing the characters justice and yes. you don't have like the hang up of having seen Sex and the City 2 52 times previously and Sex and the City 23 times previously right so yeah I feel like you're really in the slot to actually have probably if not a rollicking good time certainly a passable time I had a passable time. And the other thing is, is that there was so much sort of um, narration and exposition at the beginning to tell you exactly what has happened yeah. up until this point. So I feel like I've missed literally nothing. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's the point of watching the entire series if it can be summed up in that, that yeah. sort of five-minute yeah. opening sequence. It is <laughs> insane how efficient the storytelling is at the start and then you know, such a fucking walk, like a we, saunter through storytelling the rest of the film. Whenever I read a book and I read the prologue i'm always like well we just saved ourselves a heck of a lot of time why isn't the whole book written with this sort of attitude in mind (laughs) yeah let's just fucking battle through it (laughs) um mal had some fantastic observations through the film uh namely we got about a third in and and mal was like does this film even pass the bechdel test Uh, yeah because i i think we only noticed, I only sort of noticed to look out for it from halfway through, but definitely from halfway through, does not at all. Anytime you have a glimmer that they're going to talk about anything other than a man, 
It's no, it's it's just obliterated. By the way, how do we pronounce that? Because I adopted your pronunciation. I normally say Bechdel, but I think that's wrong. Oh, you wouldn't want to. It would be pretty pretty rich to then <laughs> mansplain the pronunciation of Bechdel. Is I it don't Bechdel, actually know. Is it? That's, that's what I thought. But cool. now I'm roll with that. For sure. <laughs> yeah, you can't have to now. I absolutely <laughs> do. It's got to be Bechdel. Oh I only, fuck! All right, okay. <laughs> I, I I have no basis this for that. This was a test. I just this was remember a test. saying this is what it actually was about. Bechamel, the sauce. <laughs> yeah, but they're two different things. One's a name of a person, right? Yeah, well, yeah. So- but I, I, that was that was the memory trick I taught myself to remember how to pronounce it. But okay, I don't right. think I was taught that by anyone. I might have just. Giving it to myself. <laughs> okay. What, I don't know. So, because, like, we, we watched it with a bit of an eye after that. We talked through a couple of the montage bits, mainly led by me. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. No, I could I could tell how, like, eager you were to just talk through things because you don't want to sit and watch it in <laughs> silence. <laughs> I tried. you got to give me some credit. I tried. I was as restrained as I possibly could be. I waited for, like, a big montage or a conversation yes. that I knew... You know, but also it felt good because you know sometimes some people get annoyed when you talk through movies and stuff. But I'm kind of a vocal movie watcher, so I was like, "There's no way he'll be pissed at all." Absolutely (laughs) not. (laughs) You're like, "Shut up, Melanie! I'm trying to watch." Um, But did did it pass? I don't think I don't think think we saw a single thing that. Yeah, that did. Um, yeah, I sometimes look up movies that have passed the Bechdel test. Um, one that I thought was funny was that, like, <laughs> the SpongeBob movie, like, Sponge Out of Water doesn't pass it. Because oh. they were saying, they were saying some, there was, like, an argument in the comment section. Someone was like, um, Pearl actually addresses a crowd, which includes Mrs. Puff, about something else. And they're like, <laughs> it doesn't count because they're talking to a crowd. Yeah. But I got, it was a very heated debate. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it, it doesn't count because Sandy is a squirrel. <laughs> Sandy's a she's a woman in the universe of SpongeBob. Uh, dude, pretty sure that's a freaking squirrel. Look at the look at the face and the tail. One thing that we thought about as well um, was uh, speaking of uh, animals and the genders of animals was um, the dog, which was established as a female dog, being into humping. And I didn't think that female dogs sort of really hump things with that sort of ah. vociferousness. Yeah. We want to throw this to you, Monty, because you're a you grew up with dogs, didn't you? You had dogs as a kid. Yeah, I did actually. I grew up with. Uh with multiple woman dogs or bitches yeah yeah uh, you can and say it. they two of them would yeah two of them were in love a black lab and a jack russell bella and izzy and um <gasps> no am i am i most remembering this i just vividly remember uh, <laughs> a, a female dog humping the ever-loving shit out of another female dog in my house i think you're remembering what you want to remember <laughs> no yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, no, actually, no. Do you know what? Can confirm. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. So, but I mean, you know, you don't get a lot of representation for that on screen. So it's interesting because Sex in the City Not taketh enough. away on one hand, but also mm. they giveth in terms of, uh, you know, they're on the front line for uh, dog sexual rights. Well, another funny uh, observation Mel had is that um, later in the... So after Samantha has had the dog for a little while... Which doesn't get a name, eh? I think we've talked about this in the past. I'm pretty sure the dog at no point gets a name. Um, I didn't notice. 
has the haircut of a men's rights actor. <laughs> 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 the, the dog looks like an incel. I just like, <laughs> like it just was just cut in a way that I, I was like, oh mate, you've done this yourself. It's like straight bangs but they're not bangs because there's kind of too much of it so it's, yeah. it's like a male and they don't fringe. connect in the middle and it definitely parts in the middle there's there's a lot going on there that <laughs> I, makes me think that dog's an incel once you said it I could see the guy that that dog is yeah and like incels they do spend a lot of time sort of humping dog <laughs> yeah dog it's, soft it's I don't know I don't know where I was going with that <laughs> no I feel like you're insinuating incels hump dogs <laughs> <laughs> Who can tell? Historians continue oh, to debate to this day whether or not incels hump yeah. dog toys. They're but so busy yelling about who they're not having sex with. Uh, very rarely do they get into who or what they are, in fact, having sex with. Mm. But that's being said, I was saying it earlier as well. The, the equivalent, I guess, of a dog, because the dog's humping like a dog soft toy. So the equivalent would be a human having sex with a sex toy, right? Or like a fuck doll. Yeah. A sex doll. Anyway. Yeah. I guess, so chill I guess on that's there. right. I've got no- a, a, my my dog as young as it is, which uh, it, right now Rufus is only like um, twelve, no, eight weeks, no, yeah, twelve weeks old, and he's already started humping his little toy. I was like, God, that came on early. Oh, that's no. all right, isn't it? Yeah. Are you like googling to go? Oh, how soon's too soon? They grow up to so fast. Ch- kind yeah, of exactly. I'm a dad with abandonment issues from my furry <laughs> little son. He's he's grown up. You know up how too they quick. say only humans and dolphins have sex for pleasure? Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah. I've never bought that. Eh? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, because if you knew, I, I, I don't know. I haven't investigated the science of it, but I've always kind of believed it. I think just. I feel like humans mm. really need a, a leg up to, to keep the self-esteem high. So putting ourselves up there with dolphins seems like a pretty sound strategy. But the idea of a neutered dog humping would suggest that dogs get as horny as uh, as people. My dog hasn't been neutered, but the, the um, they do mention the dog Samantha's, in the film yeah, yeah. has been fixed. So he was telling me that apparently, so male dogs, they get their, their balls chopped off, which is obviously not great, but not super invasive. But female dogs have a full hysterectomy. They get their total uterus removed oh, when they get fixed. No. How fucked oh. is that? So they, they can't have periods or anything anymore instead of getting their tubes tied. They have a total hysterectomy. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, would the... <clears throat> would... The um, I've forgotten the name. Blonde lady Samantha. Samantha talking to the dog, who was also a female, count as passing the Bechdel test. Oh, very good question. At what point do they talk about not a man, though? Yeah, fair, probably. You know? Yeah, probably didn't happen. Shit. And how did you sum Samantha up? <laughs> I can't, oh, oh, just loves to fuck. Loves just, to fuck. Any time it was just like we get it. You love to fuck all the time. She was like, "By the way, guys, I'm I'm gonna fuck later." We're like, "Okay, I, all right, Roger like, that. We yeah, get it." Yeah, it's she like, like come out like everyone's doing their fun little wardrobe thing where they're just dancing, and then yeah. she's like humping the door, yeah. and you're like, "Hey, like, everyone, this is what it looks like <laughs> when I fuck." <laughs> the scene came on when uh, Samantha gets the dog that is humping at the time of purchase, and Mel just said, "We get it. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck." <laughs> it is a bit in your face, but you know it's good storytelling because you got the the key characteristic of that player. But in the it's film. Her, like it was almost her entire personality. It she sure had, is. She's surely got some nuance. She's surely yeah. got things, other and things going on. I feel like this is part and parcel of the reason why she didn't do that. In the, that third in the movie. first episode, I. I 
think the reason shouldn't have a third movie is entirely personal from the research I've I've sort of started getting deeper into. Uh, her Instagram is littered with snipes at SJP. I don't think she minds how horny Samantha is. Wow. There's uh there's should we get into that? Because I looked up a Vanity Fair some, article as well on this watch yeah, about all of that. Yeah, some bad blood. I just quickly before we do like to say that um, mm. her Samantha does still it's still established pretty strongly that she likes to have sex in the first episode of the TV show, but it's it's less it's less oh. just hammering home the fact like as a gag that she loves to have sex and they they sort of are investigating uh, her attitude towards it and why she does it. Um, Felt like a felt like a more fleshed huh. out character. Yeah, that right. is way more interesting than just she loves to fuck. It's like right, hey, she, this woman fucks know, a lot. She, Let's she loves to Let's fuck in Sex in the City, but she, in a sense, like her dog, has been neutered by this monogamous relationship with Smith Jarrett. Can I quickly get you to objectify <laughs> him, Mel? Hot or not? With which one is he? He's the um, the blonde lady's boyfriend. Oh yeah, he's yeah he's pretty hot. He's alright. He's like a little bit too, I don't know, just like too chiselled in the face almost. Like he's got like the pointy chin and then the Super nose American. and then it's like yeah, it's just like he's been cut from can, marble. But can it's you too please much. rank in order your attraction levels to the four <laughs> uh, male partners in Sex in the City? So okay, Steve is. Do you remember which one Miranda is? Miranda's the ginger one. Yes. Yep. Okay. So the couple that like fall out because he has sex with someone else. So that guy yep. is Steve. Okay. Smith is the chiseled man. Yeah. Uh, Harry is the um, the bald guy. Yeah. Who's at the the father of the baby. Okay. And uh, who's the other? Oh, big. Right. I would say, um, in terms of like, pure hotness. I actually would say that um, Miranda's Steve. partner is more my type. Yeah, yes. I don't know. We're I in agreement. Like, yeah, really great. And then it would be um, oh, no, love, Steve. then it would be the um, fuck ladies one. Smith Jarrett. Yeah, Jarrett, Smith Jarrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve. And can then I just say um, this? Mr. And Big, then, and then the other no, one. No, no, sorry, no, sorry, I'm sorry, 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 but it's hard, isn't it, with the lag? But we do- you did ask Mel to rank, and then you interrupted. Well, in the middle I just, of it, but I just wanted to ogle Steve a moment longer. Because uh, he's sort of he's he's the sort of guy you look at and you're like you're secretly super toned underneath that uh, slightly loose fitting outfit, you know, like you see his butt and it's so exactly. taut. Um, <laughs> but he's not no, like no, showing off about it as well. Like just he seems butt. like a, yeah. just a dude. Fuck. Smith Jarrett will he yeah, will yeah. tell you about yeah, his butt. Though. Exactly. Uh, yep. Yep. He's working. Oh, I got to go to the gym. I got to work. I got to get up early to work out. Fucking, you don't hear Steve banging on about it. He manages to fit in a regime to keep him cut as cut as hell. You know? Yeah, it's right. Quite down. Gets it. Like he he is genuinely someone I think who likes to shoot the breeze. Like everyone else likes to talk about things that are happening in their lives as though that is interesting as interesting yes. to everyone else as it is to that person. Steve gets it. It's about broad strokes. It's about. The, the, the moments yes. we share, the quotidian little observations, you know? And I think that's quotidian. Yeah, quotidian. Like banal, trivial. 
Ah. Well, this is a $2 word. Did we ever see who he cheated well, on her with? <laughs> so. <laughs> Not oh explicitly, no. Oh, my God. Tim's no. eyes lit up. It was, he was buzzing around like the mosquitoes in the studio. Just, just, just could not control himself. The answer, Mel, is no. Guy and I have projected onto the film that it is certainly, with 100% uh, you know, certainty, it is Smith Jarrett. Oh yes, right. Okay. Because Smith has had a, 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 you know, he's he's often away. It's like, oh, I got yeah. delayed at the office. No, he is flying over to the east coast yeah, to have sex of, with Steve. They got a romance them, going on. Uh, I can get behind that. By their relationship, they have some sort of emotional bond by the fact that they, you know, they share. They their partners are very close friends, and they're the alpha partners who bring them together. So they have to pick their friends out of the lineup of partners' friends. And there's just this unspoken and sort of not entirely unseen, but the sexual energy between them. And once Steve gets a taste for sex outside of marriage with Smith Jarrett, uh, the theory goes he really loses control and more or less winds up fucking everyone. Uh, Charlotte's baby, that's Steve's. Um, The dog that Miranda walks in on and sees... Uh, Steve sitting on the bed with. Steve's also had sex with that dog. <laughs> that was not an offer from us, I hasten to add. That was a guess. <laughs> this is incredible. I feel like you guys could write some just pretty amazing fan fiction. And we have. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, not, we're not allowed it's to commit there. it to paper or print um, because it's so salacious. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, 
It's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. But <laughs> I, I want to um, dig into a, a really fine point that Mal made. Less a silly one, more just like, you're fucking right. And that was about how you say Miranda gets treated in the film. Miranda, she's been through like a worse time than Carrie, I would say. Her partner, they've got a kid, he's cheated on her, mm. you know? It's it's her her whole marriage and her partnership has fallen apart. And how does she get treated? And they all go to Mexico to look after Carrie and she's all sad and stuff, but no one gives a shit about Miranda. She's also been just as badly treated. I'm fucking sick of it. I tell you. <laughs> you stand goodness. you stand with Mar- God, Miranda, right? I'm with That's Miranda so- all the way. I, I had never seen the the treatment of the characters through this lens. That's so true. And a, a part- it's so true. She's been through a breakup just as bad as Carrie. Worse. But they're all they're yeah. all banding together to make She's, sure Carrie's okay. It's just because Carrie was publicly shamed, but like yeah, get but over still, it. Still I, Miranda's yeah, been through abso- some shit. Absolutely. It's also Miranda's just kind of I mean she you know, she's upset but takes it on the chin in a much more sort of uh, steady, steady as she goes, yeah. kind of way, where I and I assume that the other characters, because of that, are like, ah, oh, well, Miranda seems fine. Yeah, but I feel like at no point did they even ask. Were they like, you good? Those bitches. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. They did it. They give her shit for not forgiving him. Yeah. So they like sort of rob her of her agency to decide what's right for that, you know, their relationship. Uh, Samantha snipes her for not shaving her her pussy. Her, uh, her pussy. <laughs> I was going to say her bikini line, but yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then everyone... from, I can't believe that. That's made me more mad. That they're, they're not like, oh no, your marriage is falling apart. Why didn't you shave your pussy for Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> this is mad. <laughs> Melanie Bracewell asking the right fucking questions. Thank you. Like, why is Carrie Bradshaw constantly wearing a pearl necklace to bed? That has why? concerned me as why well. Why does she wear Because it? it's dangerous. She's gonna kill herself. <laughs> yes. She, she is asking for trouble. They, oh, oh. oh my god. Go what, to... Well, Six in the City 3 should just be ending with her just, you know, hanging from the bed. <laughs> Sorry. I had, I had a moment of recognition uh, during this movie because I was I was being driven crazy by that bed scene when she first wears pearls into bed and she sniffs the books, takes the yeah. glasses, big dismisses Napoleon as just another short guy. It's like, yeah, Giving it read all a the way fucking book, Mr. Big. Napoleon was a fucking terror. Um, but they go on, you know, they go on and... There's a jilting, and it kind of, you know, what, what, whatever. It's not really explained, and it's frustrating because you know that they have to get back together for the movie to finish. So you're like, well, this cannot come soon enough. But what is crazy is when it was happening, I just was thinking of Sex in the City too, and I was like, Big is a serious loose cannon. He jilts Carrie. I mean, it's just been downplayed in comparison to Brand's ordeal, but it's still pretty humiliating. And then come Sex in the City mm. 2, he has the absolute nerve to be like, hey, how about in the weekends or like, you know, two days a week, we're just doing our own thing. Like this man, 
I feel it's unfair for... Don't introduce Sex and City 2 stuff. Mel, as we've mentioned, hasn't seen any of this peripheral... I haven't, but I have, I have listened to... I listened to your Sex and the City 2 podcast, so that's the but, only context I, mean, it, I have even, for... It's a bit of a warp. Even, yeah, even it's so with warped. this discussion, though, uh, like with it, within the information that I'm giving that we all share through this conversation, is that is that crazy of him? Like... Or do you think he's he's within his rights because you know you've got to forgive stuff to get into the marriage in the first place? Sorry, the, which bit? I just, I which just thought bit? it was crazy that you would jilt someone and then like you know two years into the marriage be like, hey, two days off a week. What do you think? Because I remember seeing it in the movie and being like, I'm with Big, you know, but I didn't know all the context. Yeah, it seems mad to me to make that like a set rule for a relationship. You could like you yeah, don't have yeah. to make that a rule. You don't have to say we've got to sign this agreement that two days a week we don't see each other. You would just just go that. and do something like yeah. go away somewhere. Say I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Yeah. But like not don't schedule your time apart. That's what we. I feel like that's a very and I'm gonna fuck off some listeners okay. here. Kind of an American thing and ah. specifically kind of an East Coast thing. They're obsessed with psychotherapy. They love talking about their feelings they need to get everything like down and structured oh my god and just put- bottle it up like the rest of us <laughs> exactly come join us in the southern hemisphere and the antipodes where we don't talk about our feelings and we're problem drinkers it's how you get through a successful relationship <laughs> yeah for god's it's- sake if it was good enough for our parents and their parents and their parents it's fucking good enough for us that's right tim why don't you speak truth to power a little more no, I'd actually like us to get into some segments and for me to swiftly get out of this hole I'm quickly constructing myself um, into. Because uh, uh, we're 30 minutes in, let's 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 get through some stuff. Um, Mel, we have a segment called The Shining Light, which oh. is where we pick our um, truly oh. favourite bit of the watch. And you don't have to go first. We can burn some time okay, right. if you want to have a think. But. Um, I think the thing... I think my highlight was maybe the woman in the bathroom just sort of explaining what what had happened with that like auction at the beginning because yeah. I was like she was doing all this exposition but it was fine because that's just how women's bathrooms are you just will walk there and you will tell people facts about something and then just Hit leave me. Are you, are you, is this facetiousness with which you speak or is this genuinely no this is genuinely like oh, in true. a bathroom like all rules do not apply for normal human interaction it's wow. like in a woman's bathroom, you will comment on someone's appearance and you will like talk, have a deep and meaningful conversation with a stranger, and it's fine. This is amazing because the inverse is true in a men's bathroom. Yeah, because you guys, you could have look at the dick. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you're trying to like make it not seem like you want to see someone's dick. I guess so. I feel maybe it's 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 uh, I'm putting my own personal feelings in it, but I feel like that's getting less a big time societally right. as, as time ask, goes on. Can I put you in you a know? hypothetical, Tim? You go to Always. you and a guy, like you're hanging out with some people and you hang out with uh, someone who you've just met, and you, a, a guy, and you're getting a lot, like you're, you're getting along great. You're pretty friendly, but it's like only the first or second time you've met them. You go to the urinal uh, hmm. and it's like this, you know, the situation. <laughs> Pretty much, I'm just wondering at what level do you become like there's either total strangers or you're friends with someone and it's okay to see their dick, but someone you're just becoming friends with, I feel like you go to opposite ends of the urinal every time. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Well, number one, I don't think I would lean into going to the toilet no, no, with no, a dude not, at the same it, time. It, it doesn't happen by virtue of decision. Just by it's chance. just like you both have to piss okay. at the same it's time. It's happened. Sure. We'll take that as read. 
Um, I would go one gap between us. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, because I guess you could construct a situation where they're all full or something. Yeah. But by default, if there's enough room, I would leave a gap of one no, urinal they're between all full. us. They're all full. Except for two next to each other? Yeah, and one cubicle. Um. Yeah. D- d- uh, I can only speak my own truth. I would grab the urinal. I would. I would. Uh, both of us. I think go into the urinals together. And that didn't used to be the case. I think as a ah. young, of like maybe up until age sort of twenty one, twenty two, I wouldn't have done that. Wow. But um, I feel like as we as we get older, what more, do you think? Like specifically, has provoked this change within you, Tim? I just give less of a shit. Yeah. In, right. in a general sense. <laughs> Like overthinking yeah, that he's gonna go. Exactly. He wanted to see my dick. Like, plus, I think it's such a hallmark your, of aging. <laughs> plus, your dick just got extra nice. <laughs> guy, guy knows this it's because a, I have it's a real bell curve. I have is, many, actually coincidentally the shape of your penis. <laughs> <laughs> I have several photo essays of um, the journey of my penis over time right. across multiple ages, which I have taken Guy through. So he's he's managed to track that. Yeah. Um, through the through the years, my dick is feeling real nice right now. And this is where my dick got real nice. Age I feel like if there was half. like a woman equivalent of of a urinal, I would be like, well, it's things. If things looking all right down there, you know, if you if you're well groomed, <laughs> yeah, and everything's just, great, well, you want to show off. Can you relate to um, getting to like an age, maybe an early adulthood, where you got a little bit more okay with your body and you you cared probably. less? Yeah, I think so. A natural sort of. I probably haven't shaved my legs in a. In a hot minute, yeah. it's fine. I don't care. Yeah, whereas you might have used to. Yeah, I would you, be like, if someone sees a stray hair on my knee, I'm I'm dead yeah, to society. Yeah. I used to be worried about a Samantha coming yeah. out of the bushes and attacking you. Yeah, but God. now you're Miranda. You got other shit going on. It's not a big deal. Wow, I can't believe I'd be seeing Sex in the City for the first time this morning, and then now I'm like, I'm such a Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you identify with? Which gal was like hedgy? Oh man. I would say probably Miranda then. I don't know. I just don't think I fit any of the... I don't think I'm full-on Samantha fucking. Um, the other one, it was just like she didn't really do much. She Charlotte? Was, Charlotte. The one had the baby, yeah, yeah. the one had the baby. She just was kind of invisible. Sarah Jessica Parker was like a little bit too... It's all about me. So I feel yeah. like Miranda fits that yeah, nice. mold of, of being uh, the most normal, I guess. I think, yeah. I think Miranda's uh, comes across the best in this film as well. Okay, so I'm t- just saying a lot about myself that I want to be considered the best, which makes me more of a Sarah Jessica Parker then. No, I, no, no. Can I reintroduce an old segment? Because I recently we got some uh, some some correspondence and fan mail. Right. Uh, oh, no, it was a tweet, actually. Because I, I said that we had... <laughs> <They don't- laughs> When we had Becky Lucas on the show and they were like, please, and I said, this is coming up. And they said, please tell me that you got her to do a pitch the sequel bit. Because we used to do that. And we, right. we've, we've, that's fallen by the wayside this season. But Melanie Bracewell, would you please do pitch a sequel? Guy Montgomery and I, as two studio executives, the honor of describing to us, pitching to us, so you can get this budget. Right. What Sex in the City 3 is. So, What's the movie you want to make? Sex in the City 3. Right. So I haven't seen number two. So I'm doing a lot of sort of making up in, in the middle. So... Actually, you could pick. It could you be two. Can, you could pitch two. Can you give me like... Just give me like a tiny little thing of how did Sex in the City 2 end? Like... Guy, I'd, you grab it. Yeah. Uh, Sex in the City 2 ended with... Similarly to this, uh, actually. Ca- yeah. Carrie, Carrie, go, Carrie and Big uh, have experienced some tumult in their marriage, but have reconfirmed their love to each other and are moving on together. Uh, Charlotte she gets and, a ring. She gets a big yeah. black diamond ring. 
Uh, Charlotte and Harry, uh, rock solid as always. They've got two kids now. Uh, Samantha is kind of having casual sex with a cyborg who's a Danish <laughs> architect. And Miranda and Steve uh, seem to be going pretty good. Steve is running for mayor and their son Brady has started acting out a bit and playing a lot in the sewers. Okay. <laughs> so, so there... Okay. Fuck it. We'll roll with that. <laughs> so I think that maybe the problem with this movie, watching it now, is that it's very... It fe- feels like a lot of it's very dated. So, you know, like, everything seems very 2008. There's, like, f- yeah. flip phones, and she's like, a touchscreen phone? Well, I don't know what to do with this. So I feel like the third movie needs to sort of be a little bit futuristic in, in its essence so Ooh. that it can be watchable for years to come. And everyone's okay. like, okay, this is this is now, you know? So I'm thinking set in space. Ooh. Like the third one needs to be like, it needs to, you need to throw a real curveball. You've got to go, we've already had all of these, you know, series of the television show. We've already had two movies. What's different about Sex and the City 3? It's in a fucking spaceship. Do you okay? Is, so, is, like, give me some relationships. <laughs> what kind of shit's going on in space? Um, so I reckon they've got they've got a little community up there. So they've got all your favourite characters, um, plus sort of a few extras. Do you want to name um, them? And we've got we've got Stand Carrie, mm-hmm. Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, oh Charlotte. Oh, I'm, I'm nailing nice. it. Big. I don't just name all the characters. <laughs> 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 all the main ones. Plus, can you tell be, me about? The extra characters, yeah. Okay, so um, they're kind of like exploring the... They've sort of gone quite a few light years away from Earth. So they're kind of exploring maybe new planets. Maybe it's... um, So instead of like sex in the city, it's... um, Sex in the terrain. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's sex in the terrain. (laughs) Now... Space is a kind of. I I mean, like they're finding like a new planet, and it's obviously uninhabited. Like, there's no city. Obviously, there's no city yet on this planet. There's sort of forms of life, um, perhaps, but there's no. There's forms of life. (laughs) I like that. Are they are they fuckable? I reckon they're fuckable. Like that. Like man. What's her face? Samantha. Uh, Samantha is fucking some aliens in this. Very cool. Definitely. Like, I am on board. She, yeah, she's got a few Can aliens. Can I tell you, if I, look, I, I'm not saying whether or not we're going to green light or reject this proposal, but for future okay. reference and future pitch meetings, uh, I, I will bring like up the really fact positive. that Samantha <laughs> is going to be fucking aliens right up the top. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I just thought it was a little bit of a B plot, but I see what you're saying. I'm going to take that. I'm going to run with that. A lot of it is going to be her fucking aliens. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Carrie and Big are going to go through some just sort of like very normal relationship drama in the setting, just to sort of, you know, so we can centre it in the reality of the world. It's just something like, oh, he forgot her birthday because, you know, time is different. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's perfect. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, what's going on with Miranda at this stage? Miranda, um, her relationship's going strong, but um, I think their sort of drama is maybe they're running out of food. <laughs> and the other girls aren't sharing their stack? Yeah. So good. Miranda and Steve are finally as happy as they possibly can be. 
Save for one important detail. They didn't bring enough rations. Yeah, and the others are sort of, you know, they've got enough, but they're just like, well, we don't know how long we're going to be up here. Maybe it'll be better to sort of cut out, you know, cut the, are they, the group. Are they, a bit, are they a bit judgy? Are they like, well, you, you should have bought more if you... you yeah, know. exactly. It's more like, this is a lesson you're going to learn, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Does she die? Most, yeah. Oh, look, you'll have to fund nice. it to find out. Yeah, that's a good... And hey. uh, lastly, what Charlotte I tell you what, No, can I just quickly say... Ordinarily, we do not fund movies we are not told the ending of. <laughs> just to, kind of, to safe, just to kind of safeguard ourselves, uh, we usually only greenlight movies after we know all of the details. But as you were. <laughs> That's fair. I wanted to keep an element of mystery to maybe just get, at least get a second meeting. I want to give you $300 million and please, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so good Network executive Like a film a film head Who is against spoilers No, 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 no Don't tell me Run the chicken, run the chicken, run the chicken But it's better to be good so hard Because of how nervous I was To pitch this idea As soon as you said Pitch a sequel I was like Oh god, oh god You did great But but we do need to know What's happening with Charlotte Just to round off This fantastic pitch Yeah, I feel like To match the world She would be doing Something really Kind of boring Like she's just got Into origami Or something Like that's her That's her plot Or something Origami Yeah Well, yeah Good luck stringing us along with that plot line, but I see no reason why it wouldn't work as it has worked before. Thank you. got you. the money. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. How could you not fund this? <laughs> Samantha uh, fucking aliens and big forgetting Carrie's space birthday. I, 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 you know, it was a big pitch, but I think, I think it would work. You nailed it. Because time is different. And he... <laughs> <laughs> time is different. <laughs> He struggles with telling the time on Earth, so I can only imagine how confounding that stuff is in space. Just like it's a different flavour. This is chicken flavoured time, so it's a, you know, it's easy to forget people's um, birthdays. Tim, do you have a shining light? Um, shoot, yeah, I do. It was um, it's Samantha's performance during the speech where they're hitting her up about having a gut which she doesn't have. Oh my god, that made me mad because you actually told me before it came on. You're like, do you notice anything about this? I can't. Yeah, like, I was like, just look at this upcoming yeah. little sequence. Tell me what you think they're doing. Even and when you- they zoomed in on her belly, and then later were like, your belly. I was like, oh, that's what they were trying to reference. It really was it, nothing. It threw Guy and I as well, and it's thrown every guest that we've had on. You can take your headphones off. You need to I'm take a, your no, sweater off. I'm taking my jumper off right. and leaving the headphones on. The- I can't miss a moment of content. I don't know how this is going to work at all, but I commend your uh, your commitment to the pod. My shining light was during that scene. It's just Samantha's um, performance of like when she admits that the relationship's going downhill and 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 the gals know it and she's kind of admitting it to herself. There's just like this warm tone with which she delivers the lines where she's kind of self-effacing. <laughs> this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. So now the sweater is in kind of a um, almost like a turban headscarf kind of situation and now trapped on your head. I think I'm just I'm take a like photo this. of this. This is too fucking good. <laughs> you just take the phones off now. Yeah, but I am waiting. Book. I'm just about to say something really interesting. And who <laughs> okay, knows when great. it will drop. All um, right, go. Anyway, that's my, that's my shining light, guy. 
It's great. Because it's, uh, it's, it's uh, you know what I mean, right? She's like, she's eating, she's forking in the little bits of cake that all the girls are enjoying the cake and um, and she's just, uh, she's like, I know. And they're like, you just likened your relationship to chemo. And she's like, I know. But she also, yeah. like, her thing was like, she's eating to stop herself from having sex or something. It's like, that's, she had, like, at this point, it's like, oh no, this is like a problem. Yeah, like, this yeah. Is, you've got, like, some sort of addiction. Exactly. Is- it's, it's not the way you're supposed to treat food. <gasps> yeah. But, you know, she's got to stop it- fucking somehow. <laughs> and a tidy little piece of acting. Um, my shining light is actually a guy who has been showing up week in, week out, and, uh, Really bring in the heat, um, and it's a tough job because it's it's one of the only attempted jump scares in the movie, and so obviously the more you watch it, the less likely it is to have an impact. You just spooked Mel. I don't know if you heard the microphone bump there, but the uh, mention of a jump scare. The little kid in the Halloween mask at the pharmacy. Oh um, shit! He is like he. It's scary, even when I know it's coming. Sometimes it catches me, and uh, like I think I mean. Yeah, I get that Carrie's next line is sort of this, you know, witty aside about how jil- like how uh, jaded she is. Jaded and jilted. It'd be a good name for an album if she ever put one out. Um Yeah, but it's I think not that true. kid I think yeah, no, it is I think that kid is uh is genuinely scary and does a great job. And I just wanted to shout him out because I've thought it every week. I've never singled him out for attention or praise, but um way to go, man. Well done, kid. Well, because also that shot is quite long of them walking. So they've they've walked for like a solid 30 seconds before his cue of to come out and jump, you know. So if he messed that up, they'd have to redo the whole scene. You know, there's a lot at stake. You can just see the person just outside of shot push him in, eh? like the parent. Now, go. His heart would have been pounding, you know, a million miles a minute. Famously, uh, they used the first take of every single scene in this movie. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, it was a, wow. a very controversial decision at the time. And you, you know can what fucks me off about that scene is the fact that they are walking to a breast in a shopping centre or a bodega that definitely can't accommodate that kind of behaviour. And there's even an extra who walks past Miranda and says, excuse me. And it's like, yeah, let's highlight the fact that you shouldn't fucking be doing this. Nothing exactly. shits me more than people taking up like the whole Honestly, space. I see you, I hear you, and I feel you on that term. Oh, yeah. I, I, I see how bet. riled up you have gotten over this. I do, because I'm a fast walker as well, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm always yeah. solo. I've usually got my headphones in, so I'm like, yeah. listen to a cracking bit of music or a good podcast or something. I'm getting from A to B, because I don't drive. I don't drive a car. This is both my something I do for enjoyment and for transport. Get right. the fuck out of my way. I'm a little dude. I don't take up a lot of room. Stop hogging the whole pavement. Other people, I'm glad you spoke on are, that. They're doing their own things at their own pace. And I understand, and Tim. You know that we have a single libertarian listener who will be able to understand that that's fine until you impede on <laughs> someone else's liberties. That's true. I've got to keep playing to our, our audience of when We've got one listener to this podcast, by the way, Mel, um, we've recently discovered, and he is a staunch libertarian. Right. Mel, okay, cool. It's good Mel, to know. Uh, the, there's uh, uh, the most exciting segment I think, and oh, one I um, don't worry, Tom. I'm actually doing the be- uh, uh, the better one. It's called oh, uh, Outside the Lines. Oh, good, 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 good. With good. Melanie Bracewell. And uh, okay. do you just from the title? Do you have any idea what part of the movie this oh, segment yes, might be in no, reference to? Yes, Tim. It referenced a line. He said a line's coming out, which we don't know what it means. 
um, see if you can figure out what it means. And it has to do with being outside the line. So can it you, seems you, to add up. Can you uh, repeat it as you remember <laughs> it? The, the line was like, um, when it comes to colouring, big never stays in between the lines or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Where's that effect? What That's do you, pretty close. How, how did it make you feel and what do you think it means? <laughs> It was like absurdly graphic, you know. Because <laughs> I, it, it like almost upset me because the idea of like coloring, it's like very like visual, right? So you're just like you're kind of like you've got that image of coloring, but they've already established coloring isn't coloring at sex. So you're sort of like like I'm sort of viewing like the dick like the marker that's like coloring, and he's just like almost drawing around her, like physically drawing with his dick. Like, so he's like missing the vagina yeah, and just... Just sort of painting a picture on the outside. Belly and just, button, thigh, kneecap. Yeah, it's just going everywhere. It's almost... It's a disaster. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 and all the women being like, oh yeah. I'm like, this does not sound sexy to me. I'm recoiling into myself, yeah. feeling ill. Well, yeah, the thought of this rogue penis. That's, well, it's just too much. It's just like, all right. Let's just be sensible. Yeah. (laughs) He already looks quite small in some of his suits. Like, he wears slightly baggy suits. So you can imagine this poor, emaciated figure just sort of wantonly limping around his apartment while furiously trying to scoop up and scrub out the jizz, which has coloured every single corner of the floor space. Oh no! Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's horrible. That's how we've read it in uh, episodes. Episodes gone by is um is is the ejaculate is the medium, if you will. Yeah, because so. it only seems it seems to be the most uh, sort of ink related yeah. object for sure. Yeah. Good God! Um, absurdly. What did you say? Absurdly graphic. Uh, just oh, I can't even remember what I said, but just yeah, very graphic. Just that is like a sensational description <laughs> just, of that scene, especially because they try to be like, oh, hush, hush. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so right. coy, so yeah. cute. Like, what the fuck did Carrie just say? <laughs> what did she get again? Yeah, I reckon like there's a scene that's cut where they're all just going, "What did she mean by that?" By yeah. the way, guys, like, you're just a little on the same page. Okay? She's yeah. doing what yeah. we're doing. It's also, it's like the. I think the most confusing thing is it's meant to be coy. It's like, yeah. oh, I'll never tell, but yeah. my partner comes everywhere. <laughs> um, hey, we should probably land this plane. So yeah, let's do it. I, I'm going to nix the other um, segment. I don't want to do it. We've, we've, Cosine. Um, we've, yeah, great. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, is there any other ground you, you would like to cover, Mel? Um, I feel like another sort of jizz-related note, um, what I observed was um, the bit where she was, you know, early in the film, sipping at the sort of cup of milk and gets the milk on her, on her top of her lip. Yes. Do you, do you want to continue on this? I almost feel like I don't want to say it on my own volition of the podcast. Now get into this. This was the funniest shit. You said a lot of funny stuff during the watch of this. This really fucking got me. Okay, so... I just thought, you know, when they cut from doing that little scene where there's a little bit of milk on her lip and then they're having sex, thought there might be a little bit of cum on her lip. Like, it's like to a end the scene as a little bit of a callback. But they didn't do that, obviously. <laughs> like a fun bookend, because it's like... It's like, that's oh, how and they, then like he rubs it off. He's like, oh, they, you got some still on your lip? They have a cute little fight that gets um, uh, uh, <laughs> resolved in a way. Like, it gets de-escalated by the fact that Steve puts a bit of foam on his lip. He's like, yeah. I wasn't being critical. I'm looking out for you. You know, it's cute. we're cute. And then they kiss. It's like, it's cute. And then we cut to them fucking. And you were like, you know, it would be good. <laughs> 
<laughs> she had a little bit of a jizz moustache just above her lip. It's fucking funny. I just thought it'd be yeah. a good nod. Yeah. That's comedy, man. I thought that was like almost foreshadowing of the jizz. Like the the, the foam on the lip, it was like, I thought maybe they're going to fuck. That's your comedy brain. It's too finely tuned no. to be looking out for callbacks and yeah, good, good uh, joke structure within the film. Oh, God. Um, yeah, anything else? That feels like a great. Nah, it's a high. That's, nah, I don't know. Yeah, there wasn't really. Yeah, I just what I just sat here and enjoyed a film. Do you think people should watch it? Do you think listeners of this podcast, of which there is only one, I am a, neither here nor there. Like literally, I would be like, it wouldn't be a detriment if you've got nothing to do. It's long though. But there it's, is that. Oh, uh, yeah. But if you are stuck at an airport for twelve hours or something, it could be something to do. Yeah, for example. Monty, anything you want to add? Uh, um, really nice to have you on the show, Mel. <sighs> Thanks, um, Guy. It's also, Yeah, it's been an intriguing experience having the boot on the other foot as uh, the solo watcher while I know that Tim entertains and sort of, uh, you know, has fun with a guest. Um, yeah. He made me some lovely avocado on toast. That's you know great. what? He sent a photo of you watching the movie, uh, you know, and I could see that there was an empty plate on your lap, and I, I thought to myself, I thought, good on him. That's a good host. <laughs> fed, fed and watered. Uh, you know, mosquitoes or no, his, his heart was in the right place. Um, I got nothing to say. Well, then, I would just like to echo, thank you so much for coming on the pod, Mal. It's been a pleasure, a distinct pleasure having you here in the flesh so I don't have to watch this fucking movie by myself one time. <laughs> and uh, you can find Mal online. She's basically an online, like, comedy celeb almost. What's your Twitter oh, handle? Oh, man, Maladoodle. It's written as it's, as it's you know, as, as you it sounds. Yeah, exactly. So have fun, Instagram, have fun I'm trying to, spelling I'm trying to that out phonetically, <laughs> Americans. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been trying to rebrand as an Instagram person, though. It's been tough because yeah. I want people to follow me because they think I'm hot, not because I'm funny. Fair it's enough. Mad. It's mad. It's <laughs> disgusting. I hate it. We'll try that. I well, hate that I have way more Twitter followers than Instagram followers. Why does anyone just think I'm hot? Then I will, if I hopefully listen back to all of this episode and remember to do this, I will put only your Instagram handle <laughs> in the episode notes. So there'll be a link uh, below this episode. You can follow Mel on um, Instagram and then unfollow her on Twitter. So we get that ratio looking a bit <laughs> yeah. healthy. Yeah. Uh, and look out for your live shows because they're fucking fantastic. She is a brilliant comedian. Oh my god! Um, bye, everybody. We'll see you in the twenty fifth episode of this god awful project. One shy of the halfway point. And as a coincidence, my favourite number. Will I drink a whole bottle of whiskey? Maybe. Let's see. Let's find out. It sounds like quite a commitment, especially because I'm doing it early in the morning. But who knows? I Strange actually, things have happened. I've- I plan to drink a whole bottle of red wine for this watch, um, but I could not. There's no proper corkscrew here. So I've just got uh, a Swiss Army knife embedded uh, inside of a bottle of wine. Mate, is that episode 25, red wine edition? Both of us, you and me, we have to finish a lovely bottle of red. Sounds marvellous. And jump on the mic. Okay, great. Done. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can, where we do um, little bonus episodes as well. Uh, you know, just fucking Google around. You'll find us. And also, if you support us on Patreon to the tune of $5 a month or more, you get all the episodes a day early and ad-free. Uh, you're great. Tell all your friends about this podcast. Let's get it to number one. Is it number one now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> nice to talk to you, guy. How about that for some promo? Yeah, man. Way to go. (laughs) We just have a good rhythm together, you know?
He sort of feels me out, I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.